You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. Moisture Festival enthusiasts, welcome to the Moisture Festival podcast. I am Matt Baker, and I am one of your hosts. And I am Louis Fox. I am the other 50% of the hosts. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our podcast. If you are new to this program, be sure to check out all the other interviews that we have done before today. There are a ton of them. So many legendary performers have graced these microphones. Absolutely. And be sure to give us a glowing review wherever you received this podcast app. Now, if you don't know exactly what you're listening to, this is a podcast that is associated with the Moisture Festival. And that is a four-week festival celebrating the variety arts genre. And that happens in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle. It is the largest festival of its kind in the world and the United States (laughs) and features some of the best performers and comedians working today. Yeah, the festival normally happens in the months of March and April, but they do have stuff that happens all through the year. And not only do they have world-class variety acts, they also host a week of burlesque shows. And if you're listening to this during the festival, be sure to get tickets now because 95% of the shows sell out and you can get tickets and information on how to contribute financially or donating all at moisturefestival.org. Absolutely. And they have lots of information and they even have a backlog of every performer that's ever performed at the Moisture Festival on there. You can check them all out. Now, today is our second part of our two-part conversation with the bubble man, Tom Noddy. If you didn't listen to the first part, go back and listen because that will get you up to date on where we are starting the conversation. You'll be able to figure out the cliffhanger that we left (laughs) you on. (laughs) If you don't know who Tom Noddy is, he is a legendary performer and a Moisture Festival staple. Yes, he created the genre of bubbles as a performing art, and he's gone from a street performer to performing on David Letterman and Johnny Carson. Absolutely. So we're going to get to our second part of our conversation with the legendary bubble man, Tom Noddy. How did Carson come into play? Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now I've agreed to this show instead of Carson. Then Carson, I've agreed. Uh Carson people call me up. They also heard there's a bubble act, a new kind of thing. From the Tannen people? No, completely different thing. There was a, I did some little afternoon. Please tell me he was the owner of the Bubbles Cafe. <laughs> he's getting you all now your age things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did an afternoon uh, TV show called, in San Francisco, cleverly called The Afternoon Show. Um, and actually, it didn't go really well. I'm just going to do a few bubble tricks, um, but it's live show. And the first thing I do is I, I blow a smoke bubble. I start bouncing it from arm to arm. Well, I call it a nuclear bubble. And bounce it, bounce it. And then when it breaks, I say, oh, it's, it's okay. We have backup systems. Back up, everybody. Back up. That's all they figured out so far yeah, with nuclear, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this guy suddenly freaked. Suddenly this bubble show that he was going to have a little bit on uh, is going political on him on a live TV. Ah. And he's, he's a big smiley face guy. He's got a, you know, he's okay. <laughs> 
Tom, uh, Caterpillar, now, may, maybe you can show us the uh, the uh, square. I understand you do a bubble cube. Can you can you show that to us? Well, we discussed it just a minute ago. I'm going to end with the bubble cube, but I'm going to do all these other things first. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but he's, he's chasing me off. He's scared. He mm. wants to chase me off. Um, but he's got to keep smiling. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll show you the bubble cube. But before that, let me show you the caterpillar. <laughs> he, he's got to keep smiling. So, so I build the caterpillar. Okay, look, it's just a kid thing. It's dancing. He's got antenna. His wiggles around caterpillar. But come on, calm down. And we down. really got to get the troops out of Vietnam. <laughs> right now, we're the cube. <laughs> so that's it. He lets me do the caterpillar. He's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Time is already time. Can you go right to the? So okay. So I get off. So it was just the woman who produced that show years later, applied for a job at The Tonight Show. And she brought with her tapes of shows she had produced. And when the people at The Tonight Show saw that tape, they went, wait, whoa, whoa, wait, what's that? What's that? Oh, yeah, he was some some guy, a hippie. I don't know. We, 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 he just would walk in and we, he, he does. And they said, yeah, find him. Because at the lower ends of show business, new, it's, they, what they want is something that's a lot like you know, whoever's big right now in comedy yeah. at that time it was Steve Martin. If you had props and balloons mm -hmm. and stuff, they'd, they'd go for it. But at the, that's at the lower reaches of show, but at the upper reaches new, everything's about new. Nobody had ever seen a bubble act and here was a bubble act. And the tonight show wanted that. Uh. What is that? She said, well, okay, okay. They, they find him. So she went looking, took her a long time. And she eventually tracked me down in Santa Cruz. And she tracked me down just after I had agreed to an exclusive with that's incredible. And, and the guy on the phone now that's talking to me because it's not her anymore, uh, said, uh, uh, have you already signed the contract? And actually, no, um, they were going to redraw the, but you know, I, I can't start my show business yeah. by, you know, saying yes, and then coming off. No, and doing, I, uh, yeah. I know I'm going to stick with what I told them. I'm sorry. I would love to do the tonight show. I really want to do the tonight show, but, I turned down the Tonight Show. Oh. And I said, but when the exclusive is over, I'll call you guys up. And they said, well, whatever. I'm trying to book this night two weeks from tonight. Yeah. Ready or not? I said, no. So when the exclusive was over, I called the Tonight Show. And I said, hi, I'm the guy who? And they said, what? And I said, well, you know, with the bubbles. And they said, who? <laughs> and I said, I was talking to Lori McDonald. And they said, oh, yeah, she doesn't work here anymore. <laughs> He she said, couldn't book that bubble guy. <laughs> she, she couldn't nail him down. She could not deliver. <laughs> so he said, send us a tape. And by then I had a tape. Not that You not, just sent, he sent the tape to you no, on the news? No. I, I had some other piece of thing. And I sent him that piece of thing. And they, they called me up and said, two weeks from tonight. Wow. So I got both of the things that I had imagined nice. in my head that I wanted. And I had to tell you. I, I did that's incredible. 40 million people were watching that show every week. 40 wow. million people. I got not a single call, mm. not a gig from that. Not one. Huh. And then I did the Tonight Show and the phone. I had to get a phone. <laughs> that phone started ringing. That was your first this problem. Why wants, no one called you. <laughs> no, okay. He's running his office out of the Bubbles Cafe. <laughs> this guy wants to uh, be my agent. This guy wants to be my manager. This guy wants to manage my agents. And I'm just saying, I'm saying no to all of that because, I, you know, I could have used an agent yeah. to get myself, you know, onto the Tonight Show or something. Yeah. But now that I've done that, I don't think I need an agent right mm. now. They're all calling me from the Tonight Show. Mm -hmm. if they, so the Tonight Show is my agent right now. I don't, I don't need an agent at the moment. Uh, and so I'm just saying yes and no to gigs when they show up. Oh, you want to fly me to Europe? Yes. What is it? 
<laughs> yeah, you know? right. And and oh, and this thing Vegas. Mm, I don't think Vegas uh, not for me right now. And this thing, and I use the publicity to get to get audiences yeah. for the new vaudeville thing, the uh, entertainment post television generation. Now using the publicity from being on TV to yeah, get audiences yeah. to come out to see me because suddenly I'm a draw for some of those shows. So. That's how I got the Tonight Show. <laughs> well, so, you know, you did nine minutes on Carson. And, like, the average Tonight Show appearance today is five minutes. Yeah. Do you think that if you did that today, it would have the same impact that it did then? Well, not not that it's been done. It didn't the, have that. The novelty kind of is. Yeah, well, I, I, the novelty was, I mean, it was spectacular. I mean, people right now remember, that's like where they were. But in America, right? the Tonight Show... And in England, the Paul Daniels Magic Show. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was another big. But you, you've done that one too, yeah. right? Yeah. And still, when I go to the UK, you're the guy. He's the guy I was telling because when you know they remember seeing that that first time that they saw Bubble Magic, and, and uh, on the Tonight Show, you say I did nine minutes. It's true. Uh, the agreement was six. Ah. <laughs> so. But I told him, look, I'm really bad with it. When I'm on stage, I'm really bad with time. Uh <laughs> I said, no problem. We're going to have a guy standing right next to your camera. He's going to count you down when you've got three, when you've got two, when you've got one minute left. I said, oh, perfect. No, when they get to two to one, uh, I'll, 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 I'll do, I'll just, I won't pay any attention to the time. I'll do everything. But when I get two, I'll start going to the cube and then the carousel and then I'm off. Yep. I know how long they take. So I'm doing the act and I'm going through and I got the love bubble. I'm, oh, I'm doing great. Oh, you know, street performing is hard. Street performing, yeah, I gotta win the audience. Playing the bars and the cafes, you gotta get in there and you gotta get them to turn around and look at you. They they got their back to you. You gotta, you gotta get. I walked out on the stage. I was on streets that week and later that week, and I walked out there, and everybody was sitting in chairs that are nailed in place (laughs) facing me. I'm in the light. They're in the dark. I've got a mic. If they did want to holler out. They don't want to holler out. No, no. They're like a train. To, and, and they're just waiting for if. And I realized the second, I'm really the second I walked out, I realized if I left a pause, like street performers, street performers, their comedy gets, you, you guys know this. You can't leave a, a big empty silence. No. Because no. it won't be silent. A, a drunk will holler yeah. out. A kid will holler your punchline from having seen you at the previous show, or or anyway, in this, a, a bus will drive by. It won't be a silence. Yeah, you, you can't footsteps walking away. Mark Twain <laughs> used to talk about that silence, that pause. He talked about the length that it should be. We call it a punchline. He called it a nub. Uh, the the distance. He said, and, and you only get it. He said by watching your audience. And it's it's you, you do the setup, and then you wait long enough so that the slowest of them catches up. But not so long that the quickest of them anticipates the punchline. Mm-hmm. And that's when you hit that punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that. I know from, from comedy. I've paid attention to comedy. And on the streets, you dare not do that. So you, everybody's whole pace. Street performers got this other kind of pace. You're rushing, you're hitting, you're hitting, you're hitting, you're hitting. It puts some energy in the show. It's cool, mm-hmm. but some of it is wrong. Uh, and I realized on stage and with the cameras and, the, and this live theater, uh, live audience, I realized if I left a pause right now, if I said nothing, nothing would happen. Mm. Nothing. Until I broke it. Yeah. With some matter down at you know? And oh, that was so easy. That was so sweet. <laughs> My heart just opened up to them. Oh, I just had 
adored that moment. I, I know it's on it's on the internet. If you look for Tom Noddy in Tonight Show mm. or uh, Bubble Magic in Tonight Show, you'll, you'll see. <laughs> it was so warm. It's so sweet to just walk into that and and have it like like a theater, like people. <laughs> so, uh, so and the Tonight Show people called. I got gigs yeah. and something. I was in many years later. I was playing at college. And I started saying, okay, I put bubbles inside the bubble, smoke bubbles, clear bubbles, clear bubbles inside of smoke bubbles, smoke bubbles inside of my opening, you know. And and some girl said, oh, Were you on that? That's incredible. This was years ago. <laughs> and I realized, oh, these are the kids. Now they're in college. These that's who's watching. That's incredible. These kids, of course they weren't booking acts. I didn't get any gigs from them. Yeah. I got gigs because I was on the Tonight Show and yeah. all the show business is watching the Tonight Show, and the kids are watching that primetime thing. But I got no gigs. I got the work from the Tonight Show. Ah. <laughs> now, when did uh, so, oh, and, and so and so the the guy didn't signal me. He's supposed to be counting oh. me down. I've got six minutes. I'm waiting for the signal. It didn't come. So oh, oh, good. I'll do the other. I'll do the volcano. I'll do the other one. And then, oh, it's still not okay. And so I just kept doing my stuff, waiting for the the two minute signal, and it never came. I finally ah. said, "Well, you, fuck, yeah, Tom, wrap this thing up. Come on, get out of here." And so I did the cube and the carousel, and I got off. Only when I played it, but only when I saw it that night on TV, I realized, oh my God, I did not. Did you minutes. get any flack on that? They called, Johnny called them off. Oh. Johnny loved. The, yeah. They brought me in two more times. I played the Tonight Show three That's times. That's amazing. Johnny. But he just, it, don't stop him. Don't stop him. Did you ever get to meet him? Yeah. Well, all three times. We didn't sit down. We didn't yeah. hang out backstage. But he came over to talk to me. Um, and, uh, you know, smoking a cigarette and talking. And I, and I talked about, his, 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 his hands. He, you know, he was a magician. Yeah. So yeah. like the other magicians, he really appreciated what he was seeing. Yeah. He knew what he was seeing. Yeah. And I said something because the night before he had, uh, you know, uh, during the break, he usually had a pencil, um, but he'd flip it up and do yeah, it. Yeah. But when, when it was, the camera was off, it was a cigarette. But he, <laughs> and, and he was holding a cigarette just then. And I said, Hey, you were one for two on that pencil magic last night. Cause he'd flip it up and then he'd, even without looking, he just like speared out of uh -huh. onto his two fingers, you know. And I said, yeah, but he missed one. And, it's, oh, and he, he just as they went through the commercial, he flipped up the pencil. And he, oh, God. Oh, and they cut. And I said, hey, one for two. And he said, what, this? And he had the cigarette in his hand. He went, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful hands. Really nice. <laughs> so when did you take smoking out of your act? Because you used to do cigarettes and then blow cigarette smoke into the bubbles. Yeah. And you did it, I think you smoked a cigarette on Carson and Letterman. No. Yeah. Well, yes, on Letterman. And Letterman was 2007. Yeah. It's a lot later. Uh, I had played a, a kind of nightclub you scene. All the other acts in the show were, were doing sexy stuff. It was the clique. Um, um, or actually, as they were, what are they calling themselves then? Uh, I don't know, but attention and everything was, uh, and, and so I didn't use my new fog device. I was just working on getting, quitting cigarettes. I was, I had quit smoking. Mm -hmm. And for a while I told people, you know, I'm trying to quit smoking, but I don't want to quit the act. You know? For a yeah, while yeah. I only smoked when I was doing smoke bubbles. Didn't work. I needed a bubble after every meal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was really true. And I was really trying to, I, I had quit smoking tobacco and I was using ginseng cigarettes. Mm. But now I was trying to get away from them because they also look like a cigarette, look like a guy smoking. Yep. And I had this new fog device. And now I really needed a videotape, something newer than The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, which is Johnny's been gone now a while. And I'm still handing out this, this old tape. I'm going to get a new tape, me and David Letterman. Cool. 
Huh? And I'll have the new fog device because now they've got an internet and people are looking at these old clips of me with a cigarette and they're going, Oh, we'd like to book them, but we can't have that. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I don't, I have a, I have a fog. I, I got this fog that I don't use the cigarette. I couldn't, I'll get a new video. Out yeah, of this. yeah. Great. So I go to do Letterman and they said, no, no, no. We want it. We want the act the way that we saw it. In <laughs> we want the cigarette. <laughs> they want the cigarette <laughs> with the swear words. Yeah. <laughs> so no, uh, well, okay, it's another story. <laughs> you guys, you edit. Just <laughs> so I get to Letterman, and you know they flew me in, nice hotel, and and then uh, and the guy who's booked me, uh, he saw in my in my website that I can't have any wind. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, well, it's a it's a, they have wind, so he's built this big cloth box that stands way above me and around me on three sides. It's got kind of a roof to it, even. And built it with curtains and some frame. I don't know what it is. Um, and so he said, "This I got." And so we tried it. It's on. It's on the set, and I mm-hmm. I step into it, and and it's real. The wind is really blowing. And I step into it, and I blow the caterpillar, the most wind sensitive one there is, and it's just hanging there. It's just fine. I said, "Yeah, no, this is no problem. I can work with this." Okay, great. So I'm up in my room, waiting, getting ready. When we go, I don't know what. And I don't know, something's going on down in the studio. There's some hollering. Somebody's angry about something. I don't know. Nothing to do with me. And suddenly my guy comes rushing into my room going, don't, don't, don't worry. <laughs> I'm going, uh-oh, the, what it did not. Now, of course, I'm worried. What, what is that? Is that holler? Is that about me? He said, yeah, yeah. The, the director, um, he's saying he, he won't shoot with that, with that big black frame, this, this thing we built. Uh, it, it cuts off his camera angles. It doesn't look like our set. The director won't do it. Won't do it. I said, I don't need it. Just turn off the wind. Just turn off those fans. It's air conditioning. Yeah. It, it, it turns out Letterman likes the studio cold. So does Colbert. Now it's super cold. And they've got this air conditioning. It was February. They've got this air conditioning. It's blowing from behind the set toward the audience. I mean, gale force winds. It's whoa. This wind is coming out. Uh, you hear it all the time. The actresses that come on and stuff, and they got no shoulder. It was uh, uh, Evangeline Lilly was the, the, the guest that night. And she's got, you know, bare shoulders. And she said something. They got her a blanket while she's being interviewed. <laughs> and stuff. It's cold, but it's wind, you know. Uh, okay. I said, so I came down to the director, and I said, yeah, no, don't worry. You just, you just turn it off. He said, don't worry. You'll be fine. I, I said, yeah, I know I'll be fine because you'll turn off that wind, right? He said, listen, don't worry. Um, we need to get a little uh, camera rehearsal. Uh, the band needs to see you. We need the camera rehearsal. Can you just show us a little bit of something right now? I'm saying, yeah. If you can, you turn off that thing. Uh, that's what I'm saying. There's soap bubbles, man. I really, I can't do anything to them if I blow it and the wind takes it away. He said it's just for the rehearsal. <laughs> and I said, no, that's what I'm telling you. I can't even show you. But oh, okay, okay. You want to, you want to see? Okay, I'll hear. I'll show you. And I blow a smoke bubble. And I'm chasing. I'm running after, and I, and I, let, I let it out, and I, I say, "See, and a bubble inside of you." And I'm showing him. I'm chasing. I, I can't. I'm trying to show him. It can't be done. And he said, "He said, yeah, okay. Uh, you'll be surprised how good that looks on camera." Okay, Mike, we're going with this. this way. <laughs> no, what? No, what? You no. I. And so I'm thinking, what can I do? I I can walk. Yeah, I can walk. I mean, they flew me in last night. I had a nice night in the hotel. I got a night in the hotel tonight, or maybe they throw me out. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I can walk out. That's all, I mean, that's all I can do, really. I, he's the director. What am I going to 
or I've been a street performer a lot of years before this. There are some tricks. I can hold my back to the wind if I raise my shoulder up really high. It creates a quieter mm-hmm. place in front of me. It doesn't block the wind. Wind's a fluid. It flows up and over. And yeah. It tumbles. It, it creates eddies. It, uh, I, I did some things on Berkeley campus when I'm trying to get a crowd. <laughs> okay. Tom, you're going to do every trick. Oh, you're going to do every trick and the audience is not going to know that you're fighting for your life on national television. You're not going to like sweat and show them that you're (laughs) trying, you know? Okay. And you know, in truth. Okay. What I got, I got six minutes now. I got a little less maybe. Uh, and of that time, really, how much of the time am I actually holding a bubble or blowing mm. a bubble? It's, it's me introducing it. It's me doing the joke afterwards. Mm. But I still got the, the tricks. And, and so I'm getting through the act. I'm doing the things. And at one point, one bubble uh, let go, and it, and it fell to the stage. And I saw the camera bend down and follow the bubble no, down no, to no, the no, floor. No, no, no don't no, fall. Don't. So from then on, I broke every bubble. So as I, I showed it, and I broke the thing. Don't follow the bubble <laughs> down to the foot of mouth, you guys. So and I was, and I'm still trying to do the giant looking over at David and smiling <laughs> at the band. Are you guys <laughs> trying to get through the whole act? I did. I did all the tricks. Nice. Yeah. And then, but. How did I look? Did I was I sweating? Was I you know, did I show it to the audience? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm just got through it. So tonight I'm going to watch. So I go back to the hotel. I have some dinner. I'm just, uh, 11:30 at night. Okay, David Letterman or whatever time it was. And, uh, and then the show comes on. And I went oh, there. And when I come on, I'm like I'm watching the wind. Look at the smoke coming off of the. I had a ginseng cigar. I stopped fighting about the fog machine I wanted to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I have enough trouble without using the new fog device. So that's 2007. The answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I quit. 2007. 2007. <laughs> and, and so, uh, but I'm watching now. I'm watching on TV. I'm watching the the, the fog. Look at that wind! My God, look at there! And, and I'm watching that. Too. And the whole thing is over. And I realize, oh, I didn't look at the guy. I meant to look at the guy. You know, I wanted to see if I was looking okay or, but instead I'm watching the bubbles, I'm watching, moving the wind, I'm watching the smoke. I was supposed to look at the guy to see how it came off. And and so I waited three hours so that it aired on the West Coast. I called my girlfriend, now my wife, Shelly. And and, uh, I said, Shelly. And she said, oh, yeah, hey, everybody. Uh, party. And they're all watching The Tonight Show, Tom. Hey, it's Tom. Yay, Tom. And yeah, and, and, and. And uh, I, I said, uh, she said, oh, darling, you were so, uh, yeah. Um, and, and the wind. Oh, she said, did you have a problem? <laughs> she has seen me. Oh. You know, you guys know. She's seen the act so many yeah. times. She didn't see any problem. Oh, nice. That's amazing. Yeah. It's now up online. And the next time you see it, you'll see what I'm talking Just about. Just Google. Nobody sees it. Angry Bubble Man Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> the only people that see it, there are a few other bubble guys who told me, hey, man, I just saw the Letterman thing. Look at the wind they had you in. Oh, yeah. Nobody right? else sees The nuances, it. no one else knows. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so we don't want to take up all your time. I know this is going to be a long-winded answer, but I'm going to three-prong it. <laughs> Why would you think that? <laughs> I'm going to three-prong this question. So- First one, is it possible to blow a toriodial soap bubble? Toroidal. 
To, okay, and then so I'm guessing yes, since he knew what the okay. word was. <laughs> Second, um, you blew the first ever tetacatacadaren bubble, yeah. and decahedron. Yeah, yeah, that's fourteen faces. Uh, and, and in this case, it was eight hexagons, six squares. Go ahead. And this was, and both of these happened at a physics and mathematics conferences. Is that correct, or? Just walk me through what the hell all of that means okay, and what, what there was like, because there was a huge like, you know, there was some wonder if it was possible and you sort of used bubbles to, you know, fight okay. physics or math or <laughs> actually go in back the in end, time. It really comes out more that I illustrated what they those guys, they, those guys got it right. But uh, not always. OK, the, the, the Taurus, <laughs> the, the Taurus or toroidal uh, bubble, which is a donut shaped bubble. Uh -huh. right? Um. There was a, it was a, a British science magazine, um, New Scientist. And at the, at the back of the, the magazine, they have a thing where people write in and say, they ask science-based questions. And the magazine farms out the question to people who work in the field appropriate to that to give, to give the answer. And in this case, somebody had asked, is it possible to build uh, a soap bubble in the shape of a torus, a toroidal bubble, a donut-shaped bubble? And two mathematicians answered. And the first one said, no, it's not possible. Bubbles always choose minimal shapes. They right. always find the most economic shape possible within the confines that they've been presented. That's why they're always spheres. Single bubbles in the air are spheres. For the same reason, planets are spheres and stars are spheres. It's the most economic shape possible. Use the smallest surface area right. to contain mm -hmm. a given volume. So they're spheres. Uh, there are other shapes, and if you you know contain them within certain things, they'll find different minimal shapes. Um, so he said, so it's not possible. And the other mathematician said, I would say the same thing, except I've met Tom Noddy. <laughs> <laughs> and here's a photograph of Tom Noddy with a Taurus bubble. Mm. So it turns out uh, the first guy would have been right had he confined what he was saying. Um, it's not possible to build a Taurus-shaped bubble that is stable. Ah. I have a, a hoop. Yeah, a ring. I saw the video. Yeah, I dip it in, I wave it around, and I swing my arm around in the in a circle. And behind it comes this tube, this long tube. And when the front of the bubble meets the back of the bubble, because circle, I, there's a move that I when I do the love bubble, two bubbles become one. In this case, it's a it's a kind of a move. It's kind of it's you have to hit it with a little. It's a, it's it's a move. Um, so. When the front of the bubble meets the back of the bubble, I do that kind of move. The two bubbles love together. That is to say, they eliminate the wall between them. Mm -hmm. But it's sealed. It's closed. Yeah. It's a Taurus bubble. And as soon as it's there, it's leaving there. Ah. It's collapsing down. The outside part of the, the donut collapses down to become a sphere or a spheroidal big wooby thing. But the inside part of the donut is also collapsing down at the same time, sometimes trapping the air that was the donut hole. Oh. Into a smaller bubble that's caught inside the big. That's bubble. much more delicious than the regular. Exactly yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. So the Taurus bubble turns out is possible. He was wrong. Uh, it's possible, but it's not stable. Wow. Uh, and why would they wonder that though? What was the sort yeah. of that was like a let someone wrote in, right? Is that what you said? It, well, they did write in, but the reason that math mathematicians are really interested in soap bubbles. There's an area of mathematics called the plateau problems. Uh, plateau was a Belgian physicist who spent years of his life in the 17, uh, 18, middle 1800s um, studying soap films and soap bubbles. 
Um, and they always find a minima. This was really important question in mathematics, partly because there is no good mathematics for proving a minima. If I, if I, if I, uh, hand you uh, a handful of air and ask you to contain it inside of a shape, but use the minimal shape. Mm. Boy, you try a cube, you try a box, you try a, a pyramid, you try, a, um, eventually you would come to find that a sphere would contain that minimally. Um, but what's the, what's the minimum? And, and it's in, in other situations, there was a Belgian, uh, no, uh, a German um, architect in 1972, wanted to build Munich Olympic Center. And there's this, he, he had this idea of making a roof over the public, not the middle of it. It's kind of a bowl-shaped stadium. And he wanted to cover the public. And he had a new lightweight plastic. And if he could project off of the outside of the bowl, he could build a frame and then cover it with this lightweight plastic. And if he did that, he wouldn't need extra, if he did it using minimal principles, no extra weight with this mm -hmm. lightweight plastic, he wouldn't need extra pillars to hold it up and block the view of the public. It would just project off of the bowl. What's the minima? We, we have this frame. We have this mm. reminiscent of tent poles. Or what, what is the shape? What's the minimal shape in this situation? What, would you, what shape would you, should you give the plastic? We don't know. And there's no mathematics to help us. Mm. We don't know. I could suggest something. But you might suggest something that's better. And you might suggest something that's even better than that. And that's all we can do. We can just all guess. There's no proofs. There's no mathematics proofs. Gotcha. It's all about mathematics. But we do know, it's now been proven, that a soap film in that situation will always choose a minima. Oh, ah. interesting. So he built a frame, a model of his frame, dipped it into soapy water. He saw the minimal. That's the soap film. He photographed it and he built his plastic thing that way. That's cool. Oh, wow. So between you and Einstein, who is a better bubble guy? <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a photograph of uh, Einstein. You know that famous picture of Einstein with his tongue sticking yeah. out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did one. I do a trick where I put a bubble on my tongue and then bring it in and blow out teeny bubbles. So I, I have a photograph of me and Einstein side by side <laughs> with a bubble on my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> bubble genius. <laughs> I love it. But you had another question. That I think that was it. You no, know, no, you asked about the tetra, uh, you, this 14-sided figure. Yes, the, yes. So they, they invited me to perform at the International Congress of Mathematicians in 1998. And that's where they give the Fields Medal, which is like yeah. the Nobel Prize in yeah. mathematics. So in 900 mathematicians gathered from all over the world in Berlin, and I'm on stage doing my act, really. Mm -hmm. I'm not a mathematician. I don't really. And when they start talking in formula, I, I don't follow. But I did my act. And I did know this other thing about Lord Kelvin. Lord Kelvin in the 1800s had proposed the ideal shape for uniform froth. <laughs> if all the bubbles in a froth were the same shape, they're not. But if they were, what shape would that be? Bubbles always choose a minima. What shape, what minimal shape can stack with itself? Stack with, when you put cubes all together, they all fit together nicely. Mm -hmm. No gaps between them. You try that with spheres. Spheres are ideal. They use the minimal shape. Yeah. But you put spheres together, there's gaps. Yep. Marbles in the sink. There's, there's all these gaps. So a sphere would be the ideal minimal shape. What's the ideal minimal shape that would stack with itself? We don't know. There's no way to know there's no mathematics to prove a minima 
So Lord Kelvin proposed a shape, the truncated octahedron, eight hexagons, six squares, the, the one you were calling. It has 14 faces, so it is a tetrachidecahedron. <laughs> uh, but it's 14 faces. Hexagons, My favorite squares. dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So Kelvin proposed that to the world of, uh, of science, of math. Of, of, of Can anybody, he asked, find a better shape? Because that's you know, well, that's all we can do is just guess. Well, I guess, you guess, he guess. Yeah. So people looked. People, oh, what about, uh, no, no, because you could build one and then you could measure them both and say, no, 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 Kelvin's still the, 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 the champ. What about the, well, over there, there for a hundred years, they, and they kept looking for, uh, no, the Kelvin cell, they came to call it, this truncated octahedron, uh, was still the best. So, however, they started to become suspicious. Because nobody had ever seen a bubble take that shape yeah. and froth. Some American guy, Matsky, in the 1930s, he made 2,000 bubbles using a hypodermic, all the same size. <laughs> this is a busy man. <laughs> 2,000 bubbles, all this. And then with binocular dissecting microscope, he looked into the center of the cluster, 600 bubbles within the center of these 2,000, and he noted their shapes. And twenty percent irregular pentagonal dodecahedron. That's good. It's a tetrahedron. That's good. <laughs> and he noted well the shapes of all these bubbles, and not one of them was the Kelvin cell. Oh. And you would think if that was the ideal, because that shape will stack with itself. Yeah. But you have a fourteen-sided figure, eight hexagons, six squares, same size, uh, and fourteen of them like it. You could trap that one, and they would all fit together like cubes would. Yeah. So it will stack with itself. Is it the ideal? Is it still uses the minimal surface compared to any other possibility? We can't prove it mathematically, but if we find another one that uses lesser, then that's not the best one. Mm -hmm. Can anybody find a, a better one? Nobody did. Nobody did. Nobody did. Hundred years. Nobody did. Nobody did. Nobody did. Nobody did. I got in front of these nine hundred mathematicians and I showed them the Kelvin cell. <laughs> Nobody had ever seen one. Uh -huh. I showed them the. Big video screen projector above me. Yeah. And I showed them this thing for 100 years. And uh, great. Did they lose their minds? Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, a lot of them aren't in that area of mathematics. But the guy next to them said, oh, no, he's right. Because Kelvin, that was a good one. I had Crying. to say just what I'm saying. <laughs> Never thought I would see this. Underwear's being thrown <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> a guy came to me afterwards and he said, that was marvelous. You were marvelous. That was, I mean, mostly it was the act with the jokes and stuff, really, yeah. you know, it was entertaining for them. But that was, that, that didn't impress it. He said, but, and I said, what? He said, well, no, I'm saying it, it, it was marvelous, but, I said, but, <laughs> but what, Mofo? What are you talking about? Yeah. But, well, 100 years, nobody, no, I didn't say all that, but. <laughs> I will take you outside <laughs> yeah, and I'll right. stab you. <laughs> with my bubble <laughs> Have you heard your eyes gouged out with a bubble one? <laughs> Turns out what he's talking about is uh, just a couple of years before that, Mr. Ware and Mr. Phelan at Trinity College in Dublin found a better arrangement of shapes than Kelvin's. Oh. I was too late. Well, Kelvin didn't restrict the question to a single bubble because this one is still the single best that oh. is known, although we still don't know if it's the best. Uh, he, he said if it's one or a couple of different shapes that could more efficiently fill space than uh, any other. And Mr. Ware and Mr. Phelan found what's now called the Ware-Phelan structure, 
mm-hmm. which is more efficient. That is to say, uses less surface area than does the truncated octahedron to contain space. And so, although I impress lots of people, especially myself, <laughs> these some people in the world well, of mathematics. they're mathematicians. What do you expect? They're <laughs> yeah. always going to try and find a hole. I was in the... just a little bit too late. Yeah, but. but... Well, it's good to have a goal. Now, yeah. I'm still going to try and find the where failing structure. Huh? It's really complex because it's two. <laughs> it's two. I have to. I don't even know how many bubbles the ones on the outside of that strip. Well, how many walls they have to share to get the the two to fit together? Not this way because that wouldn't work. Damn. Oh my god! It's, it, well, it's so if you since you can't see this, he moved his hands eighteen degrees apart. <laughs> <laughs> the visual guide it. to Tom's. <laughs> well, there will be a visual right. play by play. <laughs> At minute 83, <laughs> Tom holds his hands, he, palms together. He rubs his temples, <laughs> contemplating the mathematical problems of bubbles. <laughs> uh, Tom, we want to thank you so much. Um, I am so glad you guys do this yeah, for the Moisture Festival. Yeah, it's, we're, we're, and for the people who love the Moisture what Festival. What a treat to have you We in. need a taste of it in the off-season. and You guys give it to us all year long. TomNotty.com, right? You know, bubble magic. Bubble magic.com. Oh, yeah. Both Tom Naughty is both the Atlantic. Go to the same place. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Go to the same place. Um, also, you can check out Tom Naughty's uh, Bubble Magic book. It's available at the Eugene Library, Anacortes Library, Nampa Library, <laughs> Evansville Library. And I believe you can, there are some ones still on Amazon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Used uh, old, used ones. Well, Louis was very excited. He brought over his own copy and had you sign yeah. it. I was, uh, yeah. I was quite excited about that. And a great you. I checked out your website. You had some great writings too about a 97 year old man, Conrad Thorano. Some great stuff that you oh, yeah, yeah. have published yourself, just writing and just just Google Tom Noddy, and it was amazing, amazing stuff. And you man. can search eBay for some vintage Tom Noddy uh, political puppets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we want to thank you. We've been watching you for years, and it's a treat to be able to interview, yeah. man. Thank you. Sure. Thanks for coming out in the uh, jungle wagon. Yeah, the jungle wagon. <laughs> yeah. We'll always have the jungle wagon. <laughs> we quieted down those uh, those apes, though, didn't it? <laughs> they were interested in the dodecahedron, I think. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Pleasure, guys. Thank you for listening to the Moisture Festival podcast. If you haven't bought tickets yet for the festival, you can do that at moisturefestival.org. You can also find out information about volunteering or supporting it financially as well. Just click on the contribute button. You can also find Moisture Festival. They are on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube if you want to check out more details on any of those social network sites. If you want to find out more information on Louie and I, we do a podcast together that is completely different than this podcast and it is called the odd and off beat podcast and you can find that on any platform that you get your podcasts at if you would like to find out information on louis and i's shows you can do so by visiting louis site which is louis fox with two x's 
Com. And Matt Baker's site, ComedyStuntShow.com, spelt the way you would expect it to be spelled. Yes. And we want to thank all the volunteers, performers, sponsors, donors, board members, producers of the Moisture Festival for helping make this thing happen. Absolutely. A lot of moving parts, and they do a wonderful job at creating a very unique experience that you cannot get anywhere else. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. And stay moist.